Broadcasting live to the world now. It's Sheila Zelensky. Sheila Zelinsky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this Monday, October 19th, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday, at 6 p.m. Eastern, and on Saturday night on Worldwide Christian Radio and WINB at 11 p.m. Eastern. The information is there at weekendvigilante.com. Just click on that Radio Archives tab, and you can see the call-in number as well. I want to thank everyone for being patient at the end of last week. We had some incredible sound issues going on. In fact, it started with the Tim Alberino show. There was this really bizarre clicking noise going on in the background. We could not get it figured out. And I actually had to get a sound guy in to look at all the equipment. Many people emailed me that there was no show Thursday and Friday. And I do want to apologize. And we did finally get to the root of it. So... We are sounding good, the issue is resolved, and we are back on the air, so it's great to be with you today. I just want to remind people about an incredible, amazing event, and when I say amazing, I do mean that in every sense of the word. November 13th, 14th, and 15th, the Appearance Ministries, that's right, Augusto Perez is having an incredible event, Light in the Darkness a foreshadowing of his glory in Live Oak, Florida. That's next month. Do get to that event. Make it happen. Figure out a way. It is going to be a transformative event, a life-changing event. And I believe that God is going to work in such an incredible way. I really do believe that Augusto Perez is a modern-day Smith Wigglesworth. He's such an incredible man. I've been to one of his events, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to be there. I'm going to be there. I told him I'm going to duct tape myself to a Greyhound bus to get there, but I'm going to be there. So I hope to see you at that event. It's going to be, again, a very life-changing event. We have a lot of new listeners, and I want to encourage the new listeners, if you have not got in your hands a copy of my book, Green Gospel, There couldn't be a more timely book. Do get a copy. The information in it is so imperative. And again, as Dr. Tim Ball, who's actually going to be on the program tomorrow, says Sheila Zelensky's book, Green Gospel, effectively demolishes most of what you think you know. So do get a copy of it. You can go to greengospel.ca. There's a very easy order now tab on the left. You click on it, it'll take you directly to Amazon.com, and there also is an ebook available. I like to personally have a physical copy, highlight it, mark it up. I personally like physical copies, but do 
get yourself a copy nonetheless. And do give copies out to pastors, church friends. This is the greatest deception of our era, and it is so important that people understand it. Again, greengospel.ca. And do fill out a review on Amazon if you've already purchased the book. And I thank you in advance for that. I am very excited to have on two guests today. My guest this first half is the highly acclaimed Texas activist, Dr. Laura Presley, who's been featured many times on Alex Jones, Fox News, and media around the globe. She's worked for almost 25 years in the science and semiconductor industry as an engineer, a former top-level manager for Motorola. She has authored many peer-reviewed research publications on advanced micro devices and free-scale semiconductors. She's testified against the TSA. She fought fluoridation in municipal water. And she's the first person to implement a smart meter opt-out program in the state of Texas. She is a smart meter wrecking ball, and she's my kind of woman. And it is my pleasure to have her back to the program. Dr. Laura, welcome back to the show. It is such a pleasure to have you back on the program. Well, Sheila, thank you so much for having me. I just love your show, and thank heavens you are an absolute angel on this earth educating everybody on these really hard topics that are difficult for everyone to understand, and you are just you do such a great job at it, so thank you. Well, to me personally, this whole smart grid, it is a nightmare issue. The smart tech, the smart meters, smartphones, smart appliances, smart cars, smart TVs, smart surveillance, even smart cities are now being built. Smart meters is something I've personally had a passion about. I've spoken out against and fought for years. Tell our listeners, Dr. Presley, how you, as an engineer and chemist, got involved in smart meters. Well, that's a great question. It was about three years ago, my husband and I were noticing some health issues and things like headaches and what now I would term involuntary muscle contractions that we would have on a periodic basis and we would notice these as we were going to sleep at night our, our legs would kind of just kind of jerk the muscles would contract and it would would jerk a little bit and this went on for about a year a little more than a year and we could not figure out what was going on we just you know we're just really surprised at it, you know this involuntary muscle movement that was occurring my husband and I are both engineers and so he started counting the seconds between the jerks of our legs and it was 25 seconds and that was a really wake-up call for us that this thing was a periodic stimulation that was going on completely beyond our control and we were set out on a mission to try to figure this out and so we looked at several things in our home we knew this was an electrical stimulation we looked at compressors for example like our air conditioning compressor was that coming on every 25 seconds you know in our refrigerator in our air conditioning unit etc what was causing this periodic stimulation and we couldn't find it and so we had a friend who had a radiation meter a high frequency radiation meter from gigahertz solutions and he brought it over and we measured our smart meter and it was pulsing every 25 seconds so we called our utility company we were thinking gosh you know something is just not working correctly this this should not be occurring on this periodic basis like this especially at night when we're trying to go to sleep when we were noticing these and they came out and yes it was pulsing every 25 seconds and so that started the ball rolling where i was working with our utility department here in Austin, Texas. Austin's interesting. We, as a municipality, we own our own electric company. 
And so it, we were not dealing with an encore or a center point, you know, a very distant private entity supplying our power to our home. It was a utility company owned by the city, and we as taxpayers in the city own this utility. And so they were very responsive. We worked with them for about a year. We ended up with a opt-out program, one of the cheapest in the United States. We have a program where it's a $75 fee to replace it with an old analog meter and then $10 a month for them to come read it. Now, we were not happy about the fees. We tried really hard to get a no opt-out fee option, but we just couldn't do it. So we settled for the next best thing. So that kind of is how it started. And, you know, since then, I've learned so much. There is an actual diagnosis, medical diagnosis. People can go on WebMD and look up periodic limb movement. It is a illness that is on the web, periodic limb movement. It's a subset of other type of sleep disorders. And interestingly, in the diagnosis of this, when it describes the what happens to you know your body as you as this is occurring, it is a pulse of someone's leg every 20 to 40 seconds. And this is on WebMD. And so I'm like, this is exactly what my husband and I were dealing with. And, you know, they recommend that on WebMD that you should take sedatives to try to minimize um, the effects of this so you can sleep at night. Because what this was doing was waking us up at night, this, these little leg jerks. And there is a diagnosis out there now that's periodical in movement from every 20 to 40 seconds. Incredible. Well, really, as I said earlier, Laura, you are a wrecking ball against these smart meters. And, you know, most people have heard about smart meters. Some refer to them as spy meters, but it's not just the surveillance, big brother, attacking, tracking, hacking issue. It's the bigger overarching issue of EMR, wireless radiation, and the totality of all these devices and the culmination of what it's doing to the human body. Of course, we've all heard of them, but what are smart meters? Talk about the electrical design of these things and how it employs switching mode power supply that generates very high levels of electromagnetic frequencies, EMF. One type, which I think is the worst of, of, of the two worlds, is it has a wireless radiation signal that pulses every, like it says, 20 to 40 seconds. And so you get this huge pulse of high-energy radio frequency. Then you also get a pulse of, there's typically there are two channels that these things operate under, a high-energy radio frequency, RF, and then microwave. And that is a big problem. And so it's communicating with a wireless network in the utility company. They usually have these data concentrators on the power lines that accept this data. And again, those concentrators are communicating with the smart meters. So you're having a two-way communication. Smart meters pulsing, and then these data collectors are pulsing also in neighborhoods. And these, these data collectors can have a range of over a mile. So that is really scary. So you've got so much radiation you know, going on at your home and your neighborhoods. And so that's kind of how it operates, communicating your electricity usage. And why does it have to communicate every 20 to 40 seconds? That's beyond me. You know, that's a, that's a good question right now. But then the other piece of this is that it causes electrical pulses within the circuitry, the electrical circuitry of our homes. Think of your house, and if you could see through the walls, you could see the electrical lines, the copper lines going through your home, and it just surrounds each room, you know, in your home. And your circuit breaker box has multiple circuits on it that, you know, you can turn on and off. 
and each circuit deals with a circuit in your home. And so when these things pulse, they send an electrical pulse through the circuitry also. So now not only do you have radiation, you have an electrical pulse, a voltage. It's called a voltage transient. And the switching mode power supplies, which these smart meters employ, in the, they're digital, and so they have a computer chip in there. And these switching mode power supplies actually create a lot of voltage noise themselves because they're converting, they're going back and forth between DC and AC. With the chips in the, in the smart meter can only accept a DC current. And so it has to, all, has to kind of change the AC current to the DC and then DC back. And so it's, it creates this huge noise along you know, these lines in your home. So it, you, know, you, get, you get hit two ways with radiation and plus the electrical noise. Yeah. Well, in October of 2013, the American Academy of Environmental Medicines issued a report documenting the negative health effects associated with automated smart meter. And in the report, it called for physicians and health providers to consider the role of EMF and RF in the disease process, diagnosis, and even the treatment of patients. That's huge. Dr. Presley, are you surprised that doctors are now paying attention to this? Yes, I am surprised. You know, the, um, what you just read is just a absolutely kind of nail in the coffin for smart meters. But again, it got no press. And it got except on your show. <laughs> you know, on the on you know the big mainstream media, this is you know this is something they did not cover. And I was very so encouraged when the American Academy of Environmental Medicine put this out and they called for a moratorium against these smart meters until more studies are done and they are trying to educate doctors on these health effects because they are severe. Just imagine we did not, you know, thousands of years ago, we did not have these pulsing devices near our heads or near, you know, our living spaces. Our bodies cannot deal with this. This is not something that that we've been able to evolve a resiliency to. We just not have the time. If you think about all this wireless radiation, it's only been going on for about the last 10, 15 years. I mean, you just imagine it, it is. It is almost like a just a blip in time that this thing, this kind of stuff, just hit us, and our bodies just cannot cannot tolerate it. One of the things that this is really interesting. This WebMD diagnosis of periodic limb movement. They talk about who is susceptible to this, and it's very interesting. One of the one of the things that they say medical conditions are people who are prone to anemia, and what's very interesting to me is that this is the mechanism that these smart meters have been shown to affect. They damage red blood cells, and so what happens is the people who are sensitive to these things, and I think everybody's sensitive to them, actually, just do you, are you aware of it or not, but anemia is a fingerprint blood test. What happens is these red blood cells are damaged by the radiation and they become where they can't transfer oxygen, so people are fatigued and tired and anemic because they're trying to reproduce these, these red blood cells over and over again because they're being constantly damaged. So anemia is a big, big sign that you've got some radiation issues going on, especially in men. My husband and I both had anemia, and men just typically don't have you know problems with being anemic. Women do. So when we stopped being, when we opted out and, and shut off some of our wireless devices in our home, the anemia went away. 
From a biological standpoint, it's been shown on record that red blood cells are damaged and thus cannot transfer oxygen efficiently when exposed to the radiation of electric smart meters. Talk about the incredible documentary, Take Back Your Power, when they in real time put people near a smart meter and what was happening to the blood cells? Oh, I was I was just mesmerized when I when I saw that data. And it's a it's a beautiful representation. It's a visual representation he's using in, in that documentary. I think it's a, a dark field microscopy picture of red blood cells and how they stack up on like you said, stack up on each other. They're not able to transfer oxygen efficiently and they have this bottle capping effect of the sidewalls where that you can see the sidewalls are beginning to expand and burst. And so the red blood cells are becoming damaged, i.e. anemia. And so this is all, it all makes sense now. I think, you know, looking back at the symptoms I had from a personal standpoint, looking at the, what the research is showing, this stuff is so consistent and it's real. And you just, you can't avoid it if you're a professional and you're, you have to have a phone and you've got, you know, different devices in your home. And so what we tell people is, what we have to do is minimize it when you go to sleep at night because that's when your body repairs. If your body cannot calm down and repair itself at night when you're sleeping, you're constantly under attack. And you just cannot, you can't get a break from, you know, the radiation and the damage that's occurring. So, you know, one of the things people can do, they can choose to turn off their devices, you know, at their home because we, we all have choices. We can turn off our Xboxes. We can turn off our routers and our modems. And well, interestingly, you know, I've measured a lot of different homes here in Austin and helped people who are very sensitive. We had a, we had a, a woman who called us whose daughter was having seizures. And when they opted out of their smart meter, her seizures stopped. So it just, it just tells you it's affecting brain waves. And so you really have to make the choice of kind of you know, less convenient devices around your house and, and just say, especially when you're going to sleep at night, unplug everything. Just unplug it. Let your body calm down. Let it repair. And then you get up in the morning and then you can go, you know, go out and, and into the real world where all this, this stuff is happening and you can tolerate it and you can have some resiliency to it. But if you don't repair your body at night, that's when cells start mutating and you have damage and you're, you're just your body's exhausted and, and it can't repair the way it normally would. What are the most common side effects? The common health effects are, and, they, and, you, and you kind of go up in a, a scale of intensity. Headaches are probably one of the first things that people notice. What happens is you have some inflammation and you have swelling. As your red blood cells are not transferring oxygen and as your cells are being damaged, the inflammation mechanisms kick in. And, and you just start getting inflamed, so you get a headache. You can get migraines. Headaches are probably the first pass. That's one of the things I first notice when I'm in a, um, in a field that's very, very strong. And so there's also a term that one thing that this is a very interesting term that's brought up in the, in the documentary, Take Back Your Power, a flash headache. I've never heard that term before, but a young, a young girl, a teenager in the documentary explained how she felt as she passed by a smart meter. She said she got this, and she used her hand. I don't know if you remember this, Sheila. She put her hand up to her head, and she just kind of spread her fingers apart like a flash headache. And it is, and it comes and it goes because 
it's an inflammation, instant inflammation, and it's just overwhelming. And then it stops. It's not like a normal headache that takes, you know, 10 or 15 minutes after you take an Advil or a Tylenol for it to go away. It's a flash headache. So that's a big sign right there, and that's usually the first sign. I mean, you can notice, you can sometimes notice skin sensations, like, you know, like something's touching your skin a little bit. And that's also, that's something that, you know, I've heard, heard people experience. And then I've also heard as you go, kind of go further and more problematic symptoms are digestive issues where tummies are gurgling and people are having digestive problems. Chest pains, I've heard of that. I've heard of ear aches. You know, when people hold their phones up to their ear for way too long, you know, you'll, you'll get an earache. I've heard of people with, they have iPhones that their wrists get numb and their fingertips are numb. I mean, just imagine that, that people are noticing these things. I have a, a little flip phone. I don't use an, an iPad or, you know, a, a very strong phone just to minimize it because I'm on the phone a lot and I want to minimize it as much as possible. I have a little cheapo flip phone. But I have had friends who said their fingertips get numb and their wrists get sore. Yeah, I've actually had that sensation myself using iPhones and iPads to the point where it's just complete numbness. You know, when you step back and take a macro view of all this, this isn't a Mary Shelley or a Gene Roddenberry movie, folks. This is a sci-fi come to life. We're getting bathed in this stuff between the transmitters and the cell towers and the phones everywhere. It reeks a depopulation. The nefarious who's who of the globalists have said on record they want a nice, manageable population, about 500 million, depending on who you talk to. The head of the CIA is on record saying, hey, we're going to spy on you through your smart appliances. When you think of the coalescence of this, the geoengineering, the chemtrails, the GMO, frankenfoods, chemicals like fluoride in the water, you fought that. We're getting pummeled six ways to Sunday. And then to think we're getting bathed in all this stuff between the transmitters and the cell towers and the phones this is a sci-fi. I know. It's very sad. And, you know, it's interesting. Thank God for your shows, Sheila, because this is the only place where people are being told this stuff. This is the only place. Because it's not convenient financially for, you know, a lot of these corporations. So, you know, it, it's going to take all of us getting out there, talking to each other, talking to our friends. I was at a friend's house yesterday, and I measured his house with this radiation meter. <laughs> and and it, all I could hear was, Oh, my God. And he just kept saying this. And here's another thing. You know, we've always been told, you remember in the 70s when, because I'm 52, I remember in the 70s when microwave ovens first came out and how they said, don't stand in front of them. You know, this really strong, you know, radiation is not good for the children and all this. And and we measured his microwave. Oh, heavens. It was like the hugest, it was off the chart on the, on the meter. We don't realize this. Our microwave ovens are not even shielded appropriately. And this, this is exactly what's happening. These pulses are are hitting us. They're not in the visible spectrum. They're off in the lower energy spectrum of radio frequency and microwaves. We can't see them, but our bodies can feel them. Dr. Presley, you're a brilliant doctor, very researched and acclaimed, trained in chemistry and engineering. You're obviously very familiar with peer-reviewed studies and the importance of scientific studies. As you were doing your research, what really shocked you the most and what were you most surprised to learn? The thing I was the most surprised was was the red blood cell damage. I think that is if if people could just watch one thing and we have that on our I want to mention our website at austinsmartmeters.com. We have a section on testimonials and 
if anybody watches just one thing, it is that red blood cell image, the dark field microscopy picture of the red blood cells being damaged and how they just repair themselves when you get out of it. And that explains these these flash headaches, these flash symptoms that occur. And that, to me, was the strongest, most powerful thing. And it's visual. And you just can't argue the damage that's occurring. You know, just it's a very powerful picture. Yeah. Well, again, we're just getting inundated. We're getting bathed in a toxic stew of toxicity. And I think the stunning part of this is like telling someone, hey, go jump in your microwave oven. Because really, that's really what we're up against here. We're kind of being bathed in a big, massive microwave oven with all this stuff. And that alone is a frightening nightmare. It is a nightmare. And people don't realize what the consequences are from a radiation standpoint. Just the radiation background is just being raised up and up and up, orders of magnitude. And the privacy issues are real. You know, why does my electric company need to know my electric usage every 30 seconds? What on earth are they doing with this information? Why do they need it? They don't need it. You know, that just right there just tells me, why wouldn't they pulse once a day, maybe noon, and leave me alone, especially when I'm sleeping? What it is is they're constantly pinging the system for data. Why? How much memory do they need (laughs) for everybody (laughs) under the sun? Oh, my gosh. It's so sad. It is just so sad. And, you know, and here you have, you'll have families with little infants or children or babies, and their room is right on the wall with where the smart meter is. Now, look at apartments. This is, this is what's really sad to me, and I've had friends that have had to deal with this. Apartment complexes, which will have maybe 20 to 30 to 40 smart meters on one bedroom wall, right, because the, the complex is all of their electricity comes into one location, and they put them all on one wall because they thought that's how they were going to, you know, manually read these and they were being efficient with building and all this stuff. What happens now is you have 20 to 40 smart meters on one wall and you'll have a child or a baby or an infant's bedroom right next to it. And that is just, that is just so, that breaks my heart, Sheila, because parents don't know the damage that's occurring. And, you know, like I said, we had a girl who she was having seizures at night they opted out of their smart meter and the seizures stopped. You know what? If my child's having seizures and if I can opt out of my smart meter and her seizures stop, I'll do it. You know, if we could see it, we wouldn't be tolerating this. There's no way. We're tolerating this because people are not educated and they can't see it. Some of us are, are kind of the canaries in the mine shaft and we can feel it and we're more sensitive. And as, as it becomes higher and higher levels, more people are going to complain because you're now getting into that bell curve distribution of people that are sensitive. And, you know, one thing, Canada and Europe have taken the first steps into banning Wi-Fi in schools, banning Wi-Fi in daycares, because they know of the effects it's having on children. And that's the leading indicator that we need to get to here in the U.S. Start banning this stuff because of children. Because children's brains and their skulls are not as large and robust and as thick as adult brains are, adult skulls. And so little children, you know, infants have very thin skulls. They're going to feel these effects before we do and be damaged before adults are. We have choices. We can turn our stuff off at night. We can choose not to have a high-powered iPhone. We can choose to use a landline on our computer. These are all choices. Now, are they convenient choices? No. 
All right, but you have to make, you know, each one of us has to make our own decisions of what we're willing to do and how important our health is. To me, my health is is incredibly important. We've made choices in our family to, you know, kind of back up a little bit. Not completely. Like I said, if you can heal at night, that's the most important thing. But we have choices. You know, we're very concerned, you know, about smart meters that are imposed on us by our electric company. But we have choices in our own home that are worse than our smart meter in some cases, and we still have them. And so, you know, I don't, I don't give us much, <laughs> much, you know, leeway because we have those choices and we have to say no to, the, to the, having the phone at, using it as an alarm clock at night. Get a battery-powered alarm clock. Don't use your cell phone, your iPhone, for an alarm clock. You don't have to have a Xbox. You don't have to have a router. You can have a landline coming into your home. And it's actually quicker. It's actually uh, it operates at a higher speed from an Internet search standpoint. So there's all these options, consumer options that we have chosen that we can back up a little bit and say, no, that latest gadget, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that because of the radiation. Exactly. Say no to radiation, but also getting involved locally to combat these other nightmare scenarios like fluoridation in the water. You took on that issue. You took on the TSA. I mean, these are genuine issues, and yet they're never being covered by the mainstream media. They get very little play, and people are often written off as kooks when they do bring these up, which is really disheartening. With regard to fluoridation in the water, you know, I'm a chemist, I have a PhD in chemistry, and, and you know, my positions on the dangers of fluoride, the chemistry of fluoride was in, in question. I'm like, how can you question that? That I'm a chemist. <laughs> this is my, I'm a subject matter expert in this regard. But there's still a lot of misinformation out there with regard to fluoridation, with regard to radiation issues like smart meters and all of that. So that got attacked from, you know, the standpoint of, of you know, not being mainstream. And I got to see again how non-mainstream this knowledge is. And what's interesting is the TSA agents, when a woman comes through who's pregnant or a woman in a, or a family comes through with children, they will divert the children and divert the pregnant woman away from the body scanner. Just watch it. That's, that's, their, that's their own TSA procedures. And so if, if a pregnant woman should not go through that, I'm sure there are people who have other type of sensitivities, people, you know, children with autism, people that have uh, pacemakers, people that have heart disease or, or sensitive hearts, et cetera. This is a big pulse of radiation. Now, what's interesting, the wavelength of the TSA scanners, I've done a lot of research on this, the wavelength is 10 times higher in energy than your microwave oven. So microwave ovens operate at 2.5 gigahertz because that's the frequency of exciting water and heating water. All right. But the TSA scanners, I have the data from the manufacturer, 25 gigahertz, 10 times higher than your oven. And so they will divert pregnant women. They will divert little children away from those into this, the normal you know, metal scanners that is just a lot lower energy, reflects off the metal, and it detects that. So why am I going through it? I'm sensitive, so I'm not going through that scanner. And I'm just going to be real blunt about it. You know, I hate having people put their hands between my legs. I don't like it. And it is just very uncomfortable, but it's less uncomfortable than going through the radiation. And the, the best thing we have is the truth. And our forefathers knew the power of the truth. The, the truth has its own inherent power. And look, Sheila, how much effort is spent 
stifling the truth because it is so powerful. So this is our power, is our truth and our intuition about what's good for us. And I, I really do believe that focusing locally on the problems in your area is, is the most powerful thing we can do. We decided to do that here in Austin with regard to the smart meters. Local you know, control, local issues, local education. Your local stuff is very powerful. And we focus there and we say no. We absolutely say no, this is not acceptable. And if more people did that, this stuff would stop. You are so right. It absolutely would stop. This is a very important issue. And I really do encourage people to go to the bio today and get on the Austin Smart Meters website. There is some incredible information there. Dr. Presley, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a privilege. Oh, I love you so much, Sheila. Thank you so much for everything you do and just bless you. Folks, that was Dr. Laura Presley. Her information is Link there today on the Monday bio at weekendvigilante.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break with Dr. James Manning. Stick around. Back after the break. This is Max Licato. Joshua 5.14 says, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped. He was a five-star general. 40,000 soldiers saluted as he passed. Two million people looked up to him. Yet in the presence of God, he fell on his face in worship. We're never so strong or mighty that we don't need to worship. Worship less people have no power greater than themselves to call on. The worship less heart faces Jericho all alone. Don't go to your Jericho without first going to your commander. Let him remind you of his all-encompassing power. In Hebrews 13:5, he has given you this promise. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Look to Jesus for comfort. Turn your gaze away from Jericho. You've looked at it long enough. Your Jericho may be strong, but your Jesus is stronger. Let him be your strength. This is Max Lucado. Welcome back. My second half guest is Dr. James Manning from Atla Ministries International. It's always a pleasure to have him back on the show to weigh in on what is going on. Dr. Manning, welcome back to the program. Great to have you back on, sir. Well, thank you so very much. It's just an honor to be back with you. How are things going? They're going very well. And of course, we have a lot coming at us. They're throwing the kitchen sink at us here. Now, I'm wondering what this, I, I was going to say to Angela Merkel yesterday, how's that Muslim thing working out for you there, Miss Merkel? What is going on with these open borders here? Does that concern you, James? Well, yeah, it does uh, a, at a number of levels. Number one is is that the... Uh, Germany is alleged to take in some 800,000 of the possible 4 million people that are going to be, that are refugees. France and Germany have, France and England rather, have been a little bit very modest, and so has America been very modest. Uh, I'm concerned on a couple of levels. One is, is that what is happening with Christians that are being persecuted and have been persecuted, there are two things. One is that ISIS has an opportunity to infiltrate these uh, refugees, but I also think, which is a greater opportunity, Christians have an opportunity to flee as well. And I, I believe that Christians are looking at have been persecuted in Syria uh, for, for for quite some time. See this as an opportunity to finally leave uh, Syria and 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 find themselves within European. Uh, the warming, welcoming arms of the Europeans. So, uh, those are my two concerns of the of this this particular issue. 
We're really kind of rocket sledding, mock speeding into persecution, if you will. Were you surprised at this Kim Davis situation, Pastor Manning? Well, you know, I surprised. I, I, I don't know if I want to say that I was surprised. I, I, I was, was I overjoyed that Kim Davis would actually take the stand that she took. I'm a little disappointed that uh, she was released from jail and now has allowed the licenses to be issued with her name on it. I'm a little disappointed in that. I think were I, she, I would have um, stood my ground. Uh, but, and I, I think the other thing is that she at least stirred up the Christian community about this debauchery of sodomy and same-sex marriages. Uh, I, you know, I, I think they released her uh, so that they wouldn't get Christians all uh, across the nation unifying behind her. Right. There's really being a line drawn in the sand, though, with Christians now, because, of course, you have these books like The Gay Christian. You have a lot of, you know, different celebrities coming out and saying, hey, you know what, we have to be more inclusive. We have to be more non-judgmental. What do you say to this really seemingly loosey-goosey, let's join hands, let's just agree with what we agree on? What do you think about that kind of message? My message to them is to go to hell. All of y'all, go to hell. Don't stop until you're burning like hell. I mean, it's ridiculous. The powers that be Wall Street, Bathhouse, Barry, the long-legged Mac Daddy, they've just taken over. They're perverting the scriptures. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that anyone, anybody with half an ounce of biblical knowledge would accept this. And besides, they're not gay. You know, what, there's nothing gay about what they do. There's nothing, there's, the word gay doesn't even show up in the Bible. I tell them all to go to hell. In fact, I do that routinely here at the church. I do that routinely here in Harlem. I do it when the news people come to talk to me. Go to hell, burn in hell, you bunch of wicked perverts, you. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's preposterous. As preposterous as this is, and as absolutely ubiquitous this plethora of debauchery is, what do you tend to say to people that say, well, Pastor Manning, that's mean. That's not nice to tell people to burn in hell. You're mean. You know, we get these jackals and hyenas that tell us all the time that how dare you talk, you know, call Joel Osteen howdy doody. And so what do you say to those people? I say the same thing I say to the other crowd. Go to hell. But let me give a little bit more definition here. I don't want to be so blunt and without some character to integrity. First of all, that being mean-spirited is, is rooted in them taking the love of the Lord Jesus Christ or that God is love and saying that we should be supportive of that which is evil, that which is an abominable practice. I mean, should I also love the pedophile? Uh, if, if a woman, if a man takes a, a knife and cuts my grandmother's throat, yeah. um, and, and should I also love him? Should I be very welcoming to him? Because effectively what he has done according to the canon of sin is that he has committed murder, which is punishable by death. Well, sodomy is punishable by death. It's another sin. So what are you saying to me when you say that I'm being mean-spirited? What, what are you saying to me when I'm being hate-filled simply because I say what the Bible says? The Bible says that they're going to hell. Jesus didn't say at any one time that those that sin will not go to hell. So I, I think this is all... A, a, a production of blasphemy and a perversion of the scripture. Listen, these people have perverted the, the scriptures 
on and especially on the issues of, of, of love and perverted who Jesus is and what Jesus has taught. They've also perverted sexuality as to what is appropriate sexuality, how we should respond to one another from a sexual perspective. It is absolutely unequivocally clear male to female is what God designed. Now, they're using their own wickedness to redefine what God has done, but God has not said okay to that. When God comes down and says, okay, you redesigned it, you didn't like my plan, so I'm going to let that happen. And they've not only that, now they're, re, they're perverting marriage. They've done these three major perversions and what they're doing, and they are powerful enough to be able to promote this, and some people are weak enough to receive it, but not me. They're going to all burn in hell, all of them. When we start twisting God's word to suit ourselves, then it's really like some kind of Burger King religion where we can have it our way, pick and choose. You know, this is not a smorgasbord here, and God's not our bellhop, and we constantly are being bombarded by these prosperity teachers, the Creflo dollar bills out there, as you know, that are, you know, they're still doing their jet funding raising campaigns. And I mean, it is a little bit nauseating that that's all that's ever talked about nowadays in these mega churches. And Pastor Manning, what are they doing with all the boatload of lucre that comes into these churches, the resources? I mean, I don't exactly see the lineups to, you know, feed the poor and, and needy. You know, uh, they're, they're hoarding some of it, but quietly as it is kept, the media, the, the whore religious gospel media consumes a lot of that money. It takes a lot of cash to be on television as they are yes. and to lead the lifestyles that they lead. But the, the problem is with them is that they have this disease called greed. And even if they had tens of millions of dollars, uh, it would not be enough to satisfy them. Where with you, if you had a million dollars in the bank someplace, you'd be just just tickled pink. But not with them, because they have a void in their lives to understand sufficiency. They're, the void that they have is greed, and so they can never get enough. They can. It doesn't matter how much they have, how they rip people off, or who they take it from. Crippled old women who are sitting at home listening to them, who have nothing but their small social security check. They want all that woman's social security check, and they want the money from everybody else. They want it all, and they'll be back for more when they get the next check. They have a void. They are, they are really not human, and the spirit of greed has overtaken them. I agree. Well, Steve Quayle coined a term, I'll never forget it, telepickpocketists. They are indeed, aren't they? No doubt about it. No, no, absolutely is exactly what there is. But you have to realize as well, you got to lay some of the blame at the feet of the people who allow their pockets to be picked. I mean, they, there are other voices out there such as yourself and such as uh, myself that are warning against that. But, you know, I, I know we had a woman in our church many years ago. Um, she was downtown Brooklyn. There was a flim-flam game they, they used to run. They don't run that anymore where the man would come up to her and say, listen, um, I've got a bag full of money, and he'd have a few $10 bills on top of a bag stuff that he said was full of money, but someone is after him, and he would say to her, could you hold this for me while I elude those people that are trying to rob me, and when I come back, 
I will pay you for doing this. Will you please take this money? And then he would say to her, uh, if you have any, whatever cash you have, give me whatever money you have because I'm going to give you all of my money. I just want to make sure that we, you know, that you're going to. And she gave him her money, gave him her wow. diamond rings because she thought she had a bag full of money. Well, when she turned the corner, he turned the corner, she opened, there was a few $10 bills on top of a whole lot of dirty underwear. I think what happens here is that when you, when you are greedy trying to get something from somebody, the flim-flam telepocket pickers can always get you. And that's what's happening. Well, and you know, it's so interesting that Jesus himself alludes to it easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into the kingdom. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of scriptures that point to the fact that the poor will always be with us, he says. But yet, I mean, that's not even scriptural to them. It's like, oh, no, never mind the the poor and the needy. You, you need to name it and claim it and blabbing it and grabbing it. I mean, is that a dangerous message to be reducing God to some skybound, wish-granting, genie-bestowing cars and cash on his, on his followers, Pastor Manning? It's blasphemous uh, to say the very least about it. And there must be another word in hell that's circling around in the universe that is more descriptive of people who have reduced our Lord and Savior to that kind of a response, as you said, some genie where you can just kind of name it and claim it, blab it and grab it and believe it and receive it. But that's a part of what Satan has been able to do. He has used that method from day one in the garden. He, When he came to Eve in the garden, you'll remember, he told her that, you know, there are other things that you can have from God. He's holding out from you, to paraphrase what Moses wrote in Genesis, he's holding out on you. If you'll go ahead now and eat from this tree, you're going to be wiser, more powerful. And Eve already had everything she needed. Her husband, Adam, had all the power that was necessary for them to have a utopian life. And yet she wanted more. She wanted more of what Satan offered her. So, that same spirit of what, that I refer to often as the Church of Eve is with cryptomaniac dollar bill, T.D. Jakes, Kenneth Copeland, you know, the, the howdy doody down there with his lying self. Um, they, they all are doing the exact same thing. It's nothing more than what Satan did with Eve. Well, you know, it's funny because somebody got really mad at me for talking about this. They said, Sheila, that's so mean to go after Billy Graham. But I'll tell you what Billy Graham did. He was on the Larry King. People can Google this. They can put it in a search engine. Larry King said to Billy Graham, do you feel like Jews and, you know, the Muslims are, are, are going to go to heaven then? And he goes, well, you know, God's the judge of that. Instead of saying Jesus Christ is the only way, he just said, well, you know, I don't judge that. But isn't that a cop-out? Well, you know, he didn't want to condemn Jews because he gets a lot of money from them. And I don't mean to be prejudicial against Jews and the potential for wealth that they have. But he didn't want to, he did not want to condemn any uh, contributor to his ministry. So he obfuscated the question. But if he was really a man of God, if he was really a, a preacher of the word of God, he would have said exactly that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. But that's not all Billy Graham has done. He's, a, he's been an opportunist from the days he was 
uh, being promoted by, I forget the name of the newspaper magnet out in San Francisco uh, that promoted him when he first got started with his evangelism tour. So I haven't talked about Graham in quite some time. Uh, I think it was Truman he had a meeting with there in the White House. And then after the meeting with Truman, he went out on the White House lawn and fell down on his knees and began to say everything that had been in confidence. And Truman said, He'll never come back to this White House again. Billy Graham has always been an opportunist. His son is a stumble brum drunk opportunist as well. They know how to milk money out of people. They know how to milk testimonies. And I've heard a lot of evangelicals say that all these crusades that Billy Graham used to have with thousands of people coming to the altar uh, when Beverly O'Shea would sing that song a week later, most of those people were still in the bars, in the hurdy-gurdy houses, and living the life that they lived prior to coming. No, Billy Graham's salvation was like a Chinese meal. It didn't last very long. Well, I can see, you know, somebody said years ago, well, Sheila, you know, as much as you hammer on Billy Graham, and there's also very compelling evidence that Billy Graham is a 33rd degree Freemason, people say, well, you know, it's not nice to pick on Billy Graham. But here's the thing, you know, if you were saved at a Billy Graham crusade, well, I'm not surprised because God can step over that too. Now, did you ever think that, switching gears a little bit, Pastor Manny, did you ever think as a red-blooded New Yorker that you would live to see the day where your country, you had a president who would participate in the National Day of Prayer, but instead praying with Muslims and look at, for example, in Fort Collins, Colorado, Rocky Mountain High School principal Tom Lopez has his students reciting in Allah we trust. They've banned any mention of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Did you ever think that you would live to see the day that this would happen in America? No, the the short answer to that is absolutely not. And I think the long answer is it's hard to even believe that I'm seeing it now, that this is absolutely taking place. And the rapidity uh, with which it is accelerating is almost unbelievable as well. But it is happening, to be sure. I'm not dreaming. Uh, Sheila, you and I are actually having a conversation in real time and also, I might add, in the unity of the Spirit of God, I think that uh, what is happening, and perhaps will make this equation work even better, is that there are so many people that are lost now. It's just that the darkness uh, is encroaching upon the little light that is left. That is to say, is that at one point in time in humanity, when our thoughts are more aligned with, with the truth, is that we will find ourselves at high noon when the sun is high and or at least at three o'clock in the afternoon when the sun is beginning to go down uh, and we see less and less light and more and more darkness as the evening shadows fall. Well, as a paradigm of where we are at present with this rapidity, with this debauchery, with this, this, this Muslim that we have in the White House, uh, what we are looking at is that the evening shadows have fallen and darkness seems to be everywhere. There's just one little glimmer of light, and pretty soon that's going to be gone, but persons such as yourself will have to then serve as a candle because there'll be no light, if you will, in terms of spiritual truth. This certain thing concerns me, and I've been watching this development for quite some time, this so-called particle acceleration that... Uh, can help us redefine our existence in, in, in time and space. 
first of all, is quite futile. Uh, the, the fact that such a contraption has to be built is far out of line with humanity itself. But I think that our simple belief in God would give us the, God has the power to miraculously have things happen, such as the resurrection. And when you compare the power of the resurrection or the power of fertilization compared to the building of this particle smasher or this, this uh, so-called uh, interpretation of time and space through this particle uh, that they have out there at CERN, and then the fact that religious people are bowing down to it, it's just going to become a new God, if you will. And if it's in any way effective, and we don't know that it will be, uh, the scientists that, are, that have developed it, they're certainly not going to spend all this money and all that time and say that it failed. I can tell you that now. They're not going to do that. I don't, I don't know if you saw the movie Contact. It's a similar thing, type of thing, you know, that it was going to transport her. And so it was Jodie Foster in Contact. I'm, I'm reminded of this when I hear of what they're doing out there at Zern because it has the same type of circular principle, but it is simply trying to outsmart God, and it ain't never going to work. Absolutely. Well, and then on the heels of all this, you have the good old Pope. He's going to go to Paris. They're trying to implement this massive climate change, one world global authority. Are people duped into thinking this guy is actually a benevolent person? Sheila, you know, I have a theory. I don't know if you know how much you know about Nazi um, leaders that headed down to Argentina. Argentina became a safe haven for the Nazis. A lot of people thought that Hitler went there, that he really wasn't killed in that bunker, that he went to Argentina and lived out his life in Argentina. Anyway, this freak, Bergoglio, comes from Argentina. And I just think that he has roots and ties in that whole Nazi regime. But the other thing is, uh, Sheila, is that, listen, this guy is an imposter from way back when. First of all, whatever happened to Benedict XVI? How do you just, and Benedict XVI didn't say, I'm leaving because I'm old, I'm sick, I'm tired, I can't lead anymore, I'm not hearing from God, I want to throw the keys over to this guy over here. They just put him out, and, and Catholics all over the world, Oh, we got a new pope. What? I compare Bergoglio to Bathhouse Barry. Both of them are ineligible and both of them are illegal. But yet, how do you convince the people that they are? And both of them are running the world, if you will, at present. They're, they're married at the hip on sodomy. They're married at the hip on Islam. I mean, those two are one and the same as far as I'm concerned, this Bergoglio creep. I mean, this guy's a moneymaker for business. So it's a mega windfall in terms of a form of business or taxation because everybody's got to breathe air. There's no doubt about that. Everybody's got to be subject to climate, whether it's climate change or climate stability. It's, an, I suppose, an atmospheric land grab as opposed to just a general land grab. The problem is mainly, uh, Sheila, in terms of this global warming business, in terms of sodomy, in terms of this debauchery, in terms of allowing these satanic leaders. I mean, you wouldn't, while India, Asia, Asians are filled with, uh, with Buddhists and Hindu and all kinds of other religious ideals that that are roundly rejected by Christ and roundly rejected by reality. 
uh, to put it quite bluntly, white folk are crazy as hell. I mean, the things because they're <laughs> in the front of all of this stuff. They're the ones that's leading, especially this sodomy and this global warming business. Would you absolutely believe that there are more, there are more fags in, in Tel Aviv and in, in the Holy Land than you can shake a stick at walking down Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills? I mean, they, they are all over the place over there. Yeah, it is all over the place. But the other thing that's ubiquitous is distractions. Look over here. This is happening. The Hebraic roots, the flat earth. We need to believe this. We need to go back to this. Look over here. You're pronouncing Jesus' name wrong. Oh, the blood moons, the this, the that. I mean, there's so many things coming at us. It's really, a lot of it is deception and distraction, isn't it? Now, there's one other thing about these feast days and these blood moons and all these celebrations and one thing after the other and Shemitah and this and that and one thing after that and now, end of the world, tribulation, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, Jesus is coming, Jesus ain't coming. And John Hagee, with his big roly-poly self, this, this guy <laughs> has written several books forecasting doomsday. And I've been preaching about this, Sheila, for the last couple of weeks trying to get people to understand John Hagee, Hage, Jonathan Kahn, and a bunch of others are nothing more than profiteers trying to make a name for themselves. And again, they're like Creflo Dollar. By the way, you know, Creflo Dollar and John Hagee have a good relationship. You know, they preach in the other church, and each other, they exchange pulpits. Did you know that, Sheila? I, I did know that, yes, sadly. These two guys are friends. I mean, what the heck is Creflo Dollar doing with John Hagee? But they're friends. <laughs> Yeah, what a what a very mismatched Mutton Jeff situation that is. <laughs> Mutton Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor, in the waning moments, give out your website for the listeners and how people can join in on your services. Uh, our website is atla.org. It's A-T-L-A-H dot org. You go there and everything that we do is there if you're willing to spend a little time there on the on the home page, if you will. Uh, we do a broadcast, as you do, called the Manning Report. You can Google that, and you can get either the archived uh, Manning Report, or you can get the live broadcast that happens at 9 o'clock to um, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. And our church is locale. We're in the midst of Harlem. We're in the midst of Sodomite City uh, here in Harlem, New York, on Malcolm X Boulevard, for crying out loud. But we're still standing, and we're preaching the gospel. We're covered by the blood of Jesus, and we're swinging the sword of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if people can do anything for us, please pray for us, because we need it. Well, you've got our prayers. Pastor Manning, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on, and do come back and see us soon. Thank you, Sheila. God bless you. God bless. Folks, that was Dr. James Manning. His information is linked there on the bio, as well as Dr. Laura Presley. All that information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. And if you have not signed up for the podcast and you're a new listener, do so by clicking on that big pink button on the right-hand side of weekendvigilante.com and sign up for the podcast. You'll get access to all the latest shows. And do not forget to get out to that Live Oak, Florida, amazing event, Augusto Prez, Live Oak, Florida, November 13th through 15th. That is going to be amazing. And I'm going to be out there. And I do hope to meet you at that event. Tomorrow on the program, we have... The one and only Dr. Timothy Ball. He was supposed to be on last week, but we had sound issues. 
and Steve Quayle, Pastor David Langford are on this week, Russ Dizdar, and then Friday, Miss Carla Butad with a powerful teaching. Just a fantastic lineup this week. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. See you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.